Hello and welcome to the Lib Dem podcast and happy anniversary. It is our third year and just I brought my first high school sweetheart, which was of course Richard Kemp, who started this podcast with me three years ago today. We've also brought the fancy new interloper, which is Sam Alhamdani, although he suddenly just disappeared off the screen, Richard, so he was clearly shocked and appalled at my introduction. But today we're going to not only celebrate our three years, because it's very interesting what's happening right now with the Boris Johnson uh, confidence vote, where the Tories are, is very reminiscent to where we were in 2019. So me and Richard started this podcast after a fantastic set of local elections, Theresa May in utter turmoil, and we didn't know if there was going to be a general election. And we're pretty much there again, aren't we, Richard? Indeed, but I doubt that there'll be a general election yet because even the Tory party aren't quite that stupid. Uh, but uh, my conclusion in my brilliant blog, Richard WordPress.com, uh, was that this is a great event yesterday for the Labour, Liberal Democrats and all opposition parties, but a bloody awful day for the country. So I, I think uh, what we're going to see, uh, again, reminiscent of 2019, is that indecision, that dithering. We're going to see non-policy announcements in which claims are made about levelling up and dealing with the, the, the basic cost of living problems. A lot of froth, no substance, and in the meantime, our country will drift down. So uh, that'll help me really go out campaigning tomorrow and Thursday in Tiverton and Honiton. Uh, it'll help in Wakefield for the Labour Party, perhaps more than us. I see that our vote is holding up in Wakefield in the last opinion poll we got. So perhaps there is room for two, but providing we're careful and clever about it. Uh, so it's good for us, bad for the country, but I'm just looking forward, if I'm just as a political uh, observer rather than an activist, to watching the squeals of anguish or listening to the squeals of anguish, watching the pain in a Tory party, which I used to respect because there were good people in the Tory party, but I'm afraid I now largely despise. Before we bring Sam in, I just want to point because some of our viewers and listeners may not actually know what the actual result was yesterday. I assume they do. We're all, I think our listenership is of, of a high caliber, but it was so Boris Johnson got Anorax, two, actually. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Uh, so Boris Johnson got 211 votes versus 148 who actually voted to have no comment in him. Now, I was not expecting it to be that high, Sam. I, I put my little bid in. At 120, what did you think? I, I bid 156. Oh, so it was pretty close. I, I mean, I, I would, and then I was surprised that I was as close as that. I, I, I if I could have withdrawn my money, I would have done and, and probably gone closer to you. But I, it just, I think the Conservative Party is just in such a mess. You know, I think that was a terrible result for the, you know, as not just the country, but a terrible result for them was the worst possible result because it props him up. You know, the only person who benefits from it is him. He can just kind of go, oh, well, I'll carry on going because he doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about the Conservative Party. He doesn't care about the country. He just wants to carry on being prime minister for a bit longer. Um, and that kind of allows him to, to plod on through for as long, you know, until he has to call a general election. And that's the only way I can see him, you know, being forced out. Yeah, because I take it, Richard, 
I take it, Richard, he is of no shame, Boris Johnson. Any other leader at this point would say, you know, 40% of my own side don't want me here. I'll do the right thing, step down, allow the yeah. Tories to get a new new leader bounce or whatever else. Yeah. He's not going, is he? He's not, he's not going to do it. No, I mean, uh, uh, Thatcher and uh, um, Theresa May went uh, with uh, better figures uh, than this. And I was just wondering, you know, is there a practicality? Uh, where have they got to live? He's got no money. He pays, he pays money out for a load of kids and, 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 and what have you. <laughs> Does Carrie like going to checkers so much and at the weekend? Because there's been a lot of controversy about the costs of the taxpayer of checkers. Uh, would they miss their country home? Would they miss their pied-à-terre in London? Where else would they go that he'd actually have to shell out money for? So I'm just wondering, there's the vanity issue, but there's the practicality. And, and frankly, he might run the country. I reckon he's under the thumb in his own household. It was a funny, it was a funny old day yesterday when Nadine Doris, because if you ever want something stupidly said, get Nadine Doris to kind of say it, was saying something like, all these backers want Boris Johnson. Doesn't matter about what democracy wants. It's what the money people want. It was like, yeah. do you really want to be saying that out loud? Too late. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, so he's not going to go. So let's let's kind of war game this out. Okay. So from a Lib Dem Labour point of view, at the moment, it's we, obviously we all want him to go because he's an idiot and we want a functioning government. But actually, from a political point of view. This is very, very healthy for us. And Richard's alluded to Tiverton and Honiton uh, and the Wakefield by-election, but I'm going to concentrate on Devon for a second. Is you know, It gives the Lib Dems a golden opportunity to take a very, very tough seat. And I should just point out, campaigns, people said, we need to get more and more people down there. We are not going to win this easily. And the only way we're going to win it, and it's a huge rural constituency, is by people like us going down there Helping out for a day. I'm going down for a whole for the whole of polling week. You know, just get down there if you can. But Sam, is this is this a golden opportunity for us? Yes, it can't be anything else. I mean, I I, I said it's it's the worst possible thing they could do. They haven't got any out. You know, he welcomed Boris Johnson invited the cameras in this morning to cabinet to kind of go look what we're going to do for the country. And then said nothing. <laughs> it was all just the same flabby nothingness. Because there's no you policy know. rescue for this, is there? That's the, so you think of Theresa May, the policy rescue was go for a hardline Brexit. And that was that issue which was killing Theresa May sorted. What can the Tories possibly latch onto? The economy is going to get worse. The cost of living crisis is going to get worse. And they've got no policy to speak of. Sounds yep, like gotta face up. <laughs> and just along the road, I mean, we think of this as a southwest uh, and southeast uh, boost for us, and there's no doubt that it is. But just along the road from Sam, we have two constituencies, Cheadle and Hazel Grove. Uh, I think we should be reassessing other places in the light of local elections. I don't know what the status of places like Harrogate is at the moment, Durham City, a number of places like that are beginning to open up to us in a way that those of us from the north, and that's all three of us, 
wouldn't have dreamed of uh, six months ago. So yes, southwest, yes, southeast, yes, part of the eastern region. But don't forget, there are northern opportunities coming up now as well for us, as well as the Labour Party. Hello, John from the Lib Dem podcast here. We are delighted to say that this episode is sponsored by Prater Reigns. Now more than ever, you need a professional-looking online presence and website. Prater Reigns have been helping Liberal Democrat campaigns succeed for 18 years. Their Lib Dem foci package combines a website, social media and email system to help Lib Dems win. You'll receive great support from real people, fair pricing and a huge range of features to choose from. Prater Reigns are already the bespoke developers for Lighthouse, Lib Dem Draw Online and the LD Directory. They combine a talented system design with an unrivaled understanding of our party, our data and our systems. To find out more, check out the Prater Reigns website at praterains.co.uk slash liberal-democrats. I have a fairly hard-line view on this in terms of the Tories aren't just going to give us it. They are making it easier, but you don't just win by accident, particularly on a parliamentary thing. If we want to win places, even places like Cheadle and Hazel Grove, you've got to roll up your sleeves and earn it. And I think, and, I, and so the Lib Dems, you've almost segue us perfectly into the next thing, is how do we not make the mistake we made in 2019, where we had a brilliant set of elections. Obviously, the Brexit issue has slightly moved on, although, like I said, it, it is going to come up again. But the mistakes in 2019, where we over overcommitted to too many areas, we weren't focused, as the Thornhill uh, Review said, what should the Lib Dems do now, Sam, that we got that, that? What should we do differently now that we didn't do in 2019? Oh, well, you mentioned targeting. And from the messages coming out from HQ, we hear very sensible things now about them saying what we got wrong and what we need to do differently next time and being responsible. Um, you know, after each by-election, we get information out saying, look, this is... This is the basis on which we're making decisions. And, and that builds up trust. And I would say to Mike Dixon, uh, who is often behind those messages, keep it coming. Because the only way that we can you know, have that confidence in that decision making is, is to see that decisions are made on a sensible basis and paying off, which is what we keep seeing. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't see more than about 30 seats still being targeted. And that still seems slightly on the high side if, it, if it's more than that i'd worry it's because I, I suppose richard what what's the most important thing now for the lib dems is it gain as many lib dems elected as possible which is obviously what we all want or is it to bring down the this government well i, I don't see how you can separate the two because labor can't win a general election without us winning seats uh, i'm I have sympathy with what sam says uh, but I go a bit higher than 30 because I think we've now reached that. But I haven't seen the analysis and I think we'll need to redo the analysis after the, the 23rd. And I think we have to do two things. First of all, we have to ruthlessly target, but we have to accept that you need to do some things in your own areas. Not everyone's going to come out. So we have to give alternatives as well. So in, in Liverpool, yes, 
a, a lot of us came and will go again to, to, to the Stockport area or others. But actually, you can't get there every night, even the most keen of us. So what's our uh, policy in Liverpool? It will, will be to choose, uh, depending when the election is, three or four wards that we want to gain or we're scared of losing. We'll concentrate our parliamentary work on those and then try and get people to come over. And I think people often forget the other side of that. The, the three of us are lunatics. And not every Lib Dem is like that. But if we can say you're going to help the Lib Dem general election campaign by making sure we win X ward at the next election, uh, then that's their part of it. And it's practical. It's realistic. But I'd go for 40 uh, and some local, but I might uh, we might all upgrade that after yeah. another couple of hours. I, I think Richard is absolutely right. The wise old sage that he is is that it's a dual approach. So you know the likelihood of me being an MP at the next general election is extraordinarily slim. The likelihood of, of, of but so I will be helping out target seats. I won't be a target seat candidate at the next election. But I will use the election in my own area because don't forget, some people won't give a toss about politics unless there's a general election on. We all know it. People, membership spikes just before an election and then a year later it drops down a little bit. We need to make use of that spike to recruit new volunteers, to get new members, to get people involved, to work. Maybe if you're you're in an area where you think, well, there's a Tory seat here that we've never really had a go at. Is there an opportunity there while people are engaged to get some data and make a go on it? So I think that's the approach. I think that I always take in general elections, don't get candidate-itis, don't think it's all about you, but but help others, but also you can help your own air at the same time. Does that mm. sound about on message, Sam? Close <laughs> <laughs> enough. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> um, so, okay, let's let's talk about Labour. Okay, let's see what Labour are doing. Because Richard's already said Labour aren't going to win a, a general election on their own. Keir Starmer is still a bit of a, a, a charisma balloon in no what's a what's a what's a reverse of a balloon a wet a, a, a wet blanket a wet blanket there we go and he's not cutting through but does that matter i mean wakefield's going to be going to be interesting in terms of how many seats will labor take off the tories just by the fact the tories are rubbish rather than labor doing anything spectacular because they're not massive they're not labor aren't like flying in the polls sam so what about you know and they had you know, just average local elections as well. They, they just seem to be plodding. More than plodding. And it's not just Keir Starmer. It's across the whole of the Labour Party. You know, if you think of when it last flipped from being a Tory government to a Labour government, they were a government in waiting. Mm. You, you know, if you were remotely interested in politics, you could name a cabinet's worth of, of Labour politicians. And you can't do that now. So I don't see Labour doing that at all i think i think it's getting better i think it's getting better i will say i think there's people like wes streeting david lammy yvette cooper people who at least you know who aren't on the crazy corbyn side you think you know what i think they might do a job but you're right there's no mo molems or people like that in those ranks that you can think of and go corb lammy they need to be in government and and it was more than just kind of they seem okay like you'd get people in the streets and people in the streets don't know who politicians are and people in the street knew who more than Tony Blair was. And that's not there. So they, they are gonna, they're not going to cut through. They're not going to get a majority the way things are at all. They're not even going to come close, even with Tories dropping like flies. 
So, yeah. Richard, perfect example to go to you because because me and Sam are a tiny bit younger, just a little <laughs> bit younger. You might remember, well, yeah, you absolutely will remember, you know, those end days of Tories. Both, well, the end days of Thatcher and the end days of John Major. How does this compare to you? Uh, well, I think it comes back to um, you had two competent and reasonably respected Labour leaders at the time, Neil Kinnock, uh, the Welsh windbag, uh, but he people knew him. Uh, and if he hadn't made that disastrous decision to go for a big rally uh, on an American style, who knows what might have uh, happened. And Tony Blair, above all, was uh, a leader in waiting, and, and we have to accept uh, that general elections here, no matter how much we say constituencies matter and MPs bond, actually they're becoming increasingly presidential. Uh, and we don't have a presidential candidate. And I don't say that with any disrespect to Ed Davey, but we are not seen as uh, in that, that, that role by the uh, public. And when we tried to do that with Joe Swinson, we really fell flat on our face. But we should also not uh, underestimate the problems that the Labour Party still have with the uh, Labour Party. Mm. So in, in Wakefield, I was interested in the scale of the uh, potential uh, win uh, sown in, in, in the poll because uh, they seem to be doing it without the local Labour Party at all. Uh, perhaps that's an advantage. Uh, in Liverpool, we've had another left-wing party formed out of the Labour Party. Uh, and I understand there may well be another left-wing alternative to the Labour Party, and they're knocking chunks out of each other at the moment, and it's really debilitating. Their Labour group meetings in Liverpool are dreadful. Apparently, I would have liked to go to them at any stage, but they're even worse now. So it, it really is a question, uh, not of the Labour Party winning at the moment, but of the Tory party losing. And that will partly disappear as we get towards the general election. Because when people say, who can be the government? But on the other hand, you look at the Tory front bench, you know, Nadine Doris, for goodness sake, the Secretary of State, Liz Truss. I mean, they oh, don't exactly um, inspire, oh, yeah. do they? <laughs> yeah. And I think but what's interesting here is, I, but I think there are a couple of dangers that Lib Dems need to be aware of. So if somehow they get rid of Boris, and what might be is the Parliamentary Privileges Committee. If Boris Johnson is suspended from Parliament, that that I've kind of given up all hope of the Tory parties having a spine uh, regarding Boris Johnson, but that might be something that is truly extraordinary, that he is suspended from Parliament and something happens. If that happens later in the year, and I speak as a Lib Dem who's up next year, and a new leader comes in, we do need to be prepared for a new leader bounce. You know, the Tories have been very good, at being, despite being in power for so long, at presenting themselves as a change party. and But the problem is, who, who is that heir apparent? Absolutely no. With, with Rishi Sunak's wife not paying her taxes, you know, his star fell, you know, so far he's gone. There's no way he can do it. So who's that? Jeremy Hunt has basically come forward yesterday, basically saying, I'm going to do it. Um, but as Heseltine found out, the, the assassin very rarely gets uh, gets voted to lead. So, but is there, are there any other concerns you've got, Sam, in terms of what this may mean? Is it, whether that is complacency from the Lib Dems or a potential new leader bounce before a general election? 
Not in terms of complacency, because I think it's been so recently that we've got burnt that that fixes it very much in your mind. You know, we, we mistargeted last time and, and very obviously in some cases. And so people are very aware of that, both in constituencies and at HQ. So that's less likely to happen. I mean, we if we can find a way to mess it up, we often do, but still, <laughs> it, it, it is at least in everybody's thinking and, and people seem to be on the same page. I, I'm more worried about a, a, a bounce. I think it'll be, a, it feels like the sort of bounce that Major got is the most likely thing. Like, they get enough to muddle through and that is the worrying thing, you know. If we just can't pull enough seats, uh, uh, as Richard said, we need to take seats off them and Labour need to take seats off them. And, and if we take 20 each, you know, but still need to do that. And it is still a big jump from where we are. Mm. I think the other factor we've got to consider isn't a political one, but it's a practical one. Uh, and that's the new boundary changes, because those will advantage the Tory party. So if they think things are a bit tight... I, I can't remember what the figure is, but does that give them 12 more seats at current voting intentions? Maybe, slightly, gives them maybe slightly more than that. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's more it's, than that, but so a minimum and, of 12. Yeah, and how, how frequently has someone overtaken a 102-seat majority in Parliament? Now, we are talking about needing record levels of change. Yeah. I, well, I that think, depends whether you put the Scots in, doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, and Scotland is Scotland's going to be a key thing both before and after the election. You kind of because I expect the Scottish Conservative seats to be entirely gone. You know what? I think there's only what four of them at the moment. Someone will, will, will someone will message and tell me I'm wrong. But there's not a lot of Tory seats in Scotland already. They'll go. How then Labour then and we do in Scotland? And then what happens afterwards with the SNP? Who knows? But as far as I'm concerned, from a Lib Dem point of view, we could deal with after the election afterwards. I know what we kind of want, what would be our red lines and what uh, what we would go for. But actually, the first things first is we've got to take, like say, Sam said, those 40 seats. That's it. You know, between us, Labour, the Greens aren't going to win anything. The Greens, you know, they don't seem to be doing anything at all. Um, that's our goal. Pick 40 seats and let's get rid of this Tory government. Yeah, Absolutely. And we've got to be disciplined about it with that fallback position uh, I mentioned before. Uh, and I don't think there's any need for us to speculate at the moment about what that will mean in parliamentary terms. It's our job to listen to what the people say, to look as we uh, when we advise uh, council groups who've gone in into controlling positions or no overall controlling positions in particular. What did your manifesto say? What did theirs manifesto say? Can you agree a programme? And only if you agree a programme with other people should you then start divvying up the seats. Yeah. Um, one of the problems that happened that went wrong last time, in my view, is we were too keen at looking at the, the seats mm. and not at the principles. Yeah. And just to let everyone know, as some of our viewers will remember, I had a little cheeky bet. When did I place it? I placed it on New Year's Eve that Tom Tugendhat might be the next Prime Minister of this country. They're now offering me triple my money to cash out. So this is so because because he, he there's a lot of rumours about him and Jeremy Hunt working together. Because also Tom Tugendhat as has come out very strongly against joining the single market again, which was a, a clear indication he wants to hive the Brexity vote 
Um, and that's and, and that's really interesting what's going on now. People like Daniel Hannon coming back out of the woodwork saying, oh, you know what, maybe we shouldn't have left the single market or the customs union. Yeah, Daniel, maybe you should have said that stronger during yeah. the actual referendum and during Theresa May's, but you didn't. You, you, you threw your conscience out the window, decided that to back Boris, and what a surprise, you shafted the country. So I have, I have no truck with all these Tories saying, oh, no, we would have moderated if we could. Oh, do you feel better now, John? I do feel better. <laughs> <laughs> 25 minutes to get on to Brexit. So uh, yeah, we're, we're failing as Lib Dems uh, now. But you're quite right. I mean, there have been a number of opinion polls lately. I, I think I saw one in which the people thought Brexit was going well was 19%. Now, where they live, God alone knows, because no one else thinks that. We can see it in the shelves. The, the, the pictures still coming up of people queuing at Dover, or not the people, but the, the, you know, the Arctic's queuing there. Increased costs in the shops. Uh, inflation here going up to 10% in France, Italy, Germany, 3 to 4%. Uh, it, it, people really think now they've been hoodwinked. Yeah. And so I have to ask, as you know, I've been a little uh, more strident uh, than John uh, about this. Should we be now saying that the 19% will never, ever vote for us? We should go for the 81% uh, because they're much more in tune with us. I, I, there's no way the next general election, there isn't Brexit isn't going to come up. Uh, Labour will ignore it at all costs because they know the screw it'll screw them either way. My view is that you go for something like the single market and the, and a customs union. It's the perfect branching point in terms of um, it gets the, the, the business. I mean, just look at how the economy is doing, how the workforce issues we're getting. There's a million less people in work today in the, in the jobs market than there was in 2019. That And that is through people leaving, going back to Eastern Europe. That is people who have retired, taking COVID as a chance to retire. We are desperate for staff. You see help wanted signs everywhere, everywhere. I talk from a council point of view, Preston City Council has never had so many vacancies. We just, it is, and and we that isn't going to change, and that is going to get worse and worse, coupled with businesses dealing with a cost of living, because we talk about households a lot, the amount of businesses that are just going, we are not going to survive this, um, that having better relations with a huge economic block next to us has surely got to be in our manifesto, Sam. Mm. Yes, it does. And and not just that, I mean, the travel chaos, like the practical benefits. People, you know, when you've got, a, when things are going wrong, when you're feeling bad, you need to be able to escape. And then we managed to clobber that as well. And so we're just seeing pictures of people piling up and baggage piling up at airports. So we can't even, even at the point at which you want to relax, you can't relax. And, and that's come from what this Conservative government has done. I mean, looking back at, you know, we talked a little bit about we've been talking for three years on the podcast about stuff. We said a few times, at what point does this come back to haunt the Conservatives? You know, they just look like they're going from reaction to reaction to reaction. And surely at some point it's going to hit. Now I feel like, it, yeah, we've hit and there's nowhere for them to go. Will Boris make it to the general election, Richard? Uh, will, uh, no, I don't think he will. Uh, I think that we will end up with a Theresa May situation. He'll go just before or just after Christmas. Uh, I cannot see him being able to limp his way to the finishing line. Sam? 
I think he'd I think he would call a general election rather than step down. Yeah. I think he's got too much ego. And so I could see him calling a general election at a terrible time if if it was the only way he thought he could avoid being dumped before a general election. Someone remind me, Richard, you might know this. So the to actually call a general election, you have to have uh, a vote in Parliament to call it. Now it's just a fifty; it's just a majority vote, isn't it? Because the Fixed Term Parliaments Act needed a, a two thirds. But actually, so the Conservative Party would have to agree to a general election, wouldn't they? Well, it's more complicated than that because the opposition parties would have to support it. Otherwise, they'd be accused of being cowards. Yeah, uh, and that's why the the last general election took place when it did. The Labour Party felt they had to be seen to ha- be getting the Tories out, so they voted for it. So if if if, uh, if uh, Johnson wants an election, there will be an election. God, I, I I just don't see it. I, I I get your logic, Sam. I can see the narcissist in him thinking, you know what? I'd rather burn the ship down than me have to walk the plank. Um, but I just, I just, I, I just think he'll cling on. I just think he will absolutely, with every grasped finger he can, he will not give up that power unless he, he absolutely gets. Well, I don't think I, it's the power that bothers him. I think it's the status. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think he likes going through the grenadier mm. guards up the steps of St Paul's. We've seen it in local government as well. The mayors who get tied into it and then can't give up and for the next three years they ask about how the, the Lord Mayor's stable is being looked after yes. so it, it's something we're human beings politicians yeah. there are times when we all including me and probably you two like a bit of the perks uh, we can't be that keen because we wouldn't have joined the Lib Dems if we did <laughs> but uh, sometimes you know those things are nice so okay then so there's also a chat about a cabinet reshuffle all right, now, now for me, I was not really bothered about this when people said, oh, he'll do a cabinet reshuffle because, A, if 40% of your own party don't like you, there's not going to be a massive... There'll be a, a whole lot of people that won't want to go near that cabinet because they don't want to get, you know, kind of clobbered by it when the when the ship finally goes down. Um, he's lost so many people that he's only got, you know, the Dominic Rabs, the Nadine Dorises. The you know Michael Fabricants. These are this is very interesting because these are the people we used to laugh at. These are the people we used to thought you're not. These aren't the serious people of government. How are they MPs? They're all that Boris has got left. So will we get rid of Rishi Sunak? That's a big question, Sam. I don't. I don't think it matters. No. I don't. I. I. There's nobody. They're all incompetent, and they're all. <laughs> terrible at their jobs and putting them in a different order just means you get to see a, a different incompetent person stuffing up yeah yeah it doesn't matter to us but it might matter to the country i mean i think rishi sunak isn't as bad as sam's portrayed there uh he has a certain element of competence i just don't like what he's doing some of the <laughs> others not jobs uh, yeah. i mean mad nads you know so you replace her so she's come out gushing today for uh, for Johnson. Is he going to get rid of her? And who's no. he going to replace her you, with? You know what? I, I, <laughs> I, I was delivering thank you cards to my volunteers today. And in my head, I thought, can you imagine if Boris makes Nadine Doris Chancellor? And I just, oh. and in my head, I thought, I thought that can't happen. But then I thought, it might actually. 
because that, but that's yeah. it's all it's all sycophants. All Boris wants to be is loved by everyone yeah. because he's got no emotional stability in his brain whatsoever. And no policy. Yeah. I mean, we know that he did two different articles about Brexit. Yeah, that's right. And which he choose the one he thought to do best for him. That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this was just our little kind of news report on what's happened in this last week. There's obviously loads of stuff going to go on. This story is going to continue. Like we always say, though, get out there, start campaigning now. You've got local elections next year. You might have by-elections. If you do get down to Devon, please do. Or if you can help out in Wakefield, as Richard, Richard's a very good soul. He always likes to go to the through the less trendy by elections and make sure that because it could be a lonely old fair when you're a, when you're a candidate. So thank you, Richard, as well. We want to thank everyone who's watched, subscribed us over the last three years. Did we think we would get here three years ago, Richard? Uh, well, it was an experiment, wasn't it? You and I saying, "Was well, anyone going to listen?" To this rubbish, and apparently people quite like rubbish. So, yeah, uh, yeah. The answer is yes. We we've got a good strong uh, team now. Although we can only persuade uh, three to join us uh, this afternoon. <laughs> there are more of us, honestly. Uh, in fact, sometimes I think we we outnumber the audience. But uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we're here to stay. Uh, the fact that uh, you know the chief executive, the president, and the leader are prepared to come on podcast shows that we're getting in and i just like to give my, my commiserations if they're still on uh, to all the tories who've been instructed to join us <laughs> uh, particularly by the person who's lost his seat to the liberal democrats in so right. yeah, we, just, we, we should do it hello tory hq we we, we know <laughs> hope, hope, hope you're doing well i know it's a rough time don't drink too much uh oh, but no on behalf of myself richard who have been there right from the start i mean sam was an early adopter as well he wasn't quite the first one that was Lisa Smart, but Sam, people like yourself coming on the podcast has really enriched what we've been able to do and really given extra perspectives. And we re and me and Richard really appreciate that. And to all the audience, thank you very much for your messages. We know people have joined the Lib Dems because of the podcast, have become counsellors because of the podcast, and have really latched on to the stuff we do. So, like I say, by all means, keep commenting, keep asking us questions. What do you want to see an episode on? We do have an episode coming up very soon on trans rights where we did it was an all-female panel uh, we're discussing an issue that is very controversial and is one of those culture war issues so stay tuned for that and do subscribe to us so you don't miss any episodes but if you want to hear more from us make sure you follow us on social media at at libdempod you can follow all of us all our details will be in the description below if you do want to follow us on social media but we we love having you here listening to us so thank you very much and we'll be back with another episode very soon cheers <laughs> <laughs>